Adam, can you hear us? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're good. Adam, can you hear me? Can you hear us, Adam? Are you no, good, Adam? No, I, well, it depends on what we're talking about. Maybe not. Are you married yet? Yeah. <laughs> I tried to use two fingers on it. It didn't work. Um, like a paintball player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're trying to like just flutter it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Um, morning. Happy Thanksgiving, post-Thanksgiving, happy December 1st, everybody. Welcome to Don't Feed the Artists. I'm Hagen. I'm Dave. I'm Adam. Hi, I'm coming to you live from the front lines of the war on Christmas, and I am Jackson. Is the uh, war on... I, is, tell us about the war on Christmas. response from that. Yes. Tell us... Tell, no, I'm... <laughs> I'm I, was, I was gonna do the bit. Tell us about the war on Christmas. If you're on the front lines, how's it looking? Right now, it seems like the crust punks are throwing the ropes over the statue of Christ, and they are trying to X Christ out of Christmas right now. It looks like they are pulling him down. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) That was a little improv for you guys. Some yes ands. It is, uh, it's well and cold here in Texas, about as cold as it's going to be. I think it's like 30-something degrees, and um, it's, uh, you know, nice and chilly. My cat yeah. was cuddling me. Uh, how are you guys doing? The cold hit pretty fast, like today. Oh, you mean like just in general today it got cold? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, all of a sudden today it, it was like, oh, it's going to be below freezing. And it's like, oh, it's going to be like 35 all day. Yeah, because it didn't, it didn't like hit cold fast this year it took us all it took us to the day before december 1st to actually get cold that's pretty you know everything's fine climate change isn't real it's all good dave's dave's wearing a t-shirt that's how cold it is (laughs) i'm at the point where um, i don't know quite what to do with my air conditioner when i go to sleep because i want cold air on but i wake up and it's like 63 in my house and i'm freezing (laughs) (laughs) wait so you don't want cold air no i I didn't follow yeah i don't want to put the heat on but okay yeah that that was the end of that (laughs) that's basically it like i said i'm having trouble figuring out what to do yeah no it's definitely it's definitely rough in texas uh because you know people talk about like oh yeah we uh you're always uh preparing for weather changes and people are like oh yeah you got a pipes might freeze and it's like for all of two days in Texas, so it's like, do I even want to make the effort to uh, do that shit? Um, I always ignore my dad's text whenever he says, hey, we're expecting a deep freeze tonight. So <laughs> I yeah. used to, but then I bought a house, so now I care. <laughs> <laughs> the great equalizer. You know, it's weird, though, like, growing up in Fargo, like, they say when it's really cold... <laughs> Uh, you got to put your you, like turn on the tap water a little bit so that it, the pipes don't freeze or something. Yes, but, yes. Like we would have had to had the taps on for like six months of the year. year. Well, yeah. I assume the houses are built for freezing temperatures up there, whereas yeah, here they're the... barely built to like stand up during a storm. So. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm, I just want to go back real quick. Dave, are you saying you're from Fargo? Well, maybe. I mean, <laughs> hypothetically. <am> I? <laughs> Hypothetically, <laughs> if I were, I can't imagine people in Fargo putting their taps on all year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change that to you saying something like uh, Fargo. Can you say Fargo real quick? Fargo. There you Fargo. Go. 
Fargo. Yeah. Now, now give me a loud one. Fargo. Polo. <laughs> Very good. All right, let's get into some news. We got a we got a topic, and uh, I'm sure you've already read it. And if you didn't, um, you heard my joke at the beginning of the episode, so you know what we're talking about. But I uh, we have two sections of news this week. Uh, the first one I'm calling DFTA MZ because all of these um, articles are they feel like uh, they came straight from TMZ, and I think uh, a couple of them actually uh, refer. Um, to uh, TMZ. So the first one I found kind of funny that uh, Paul McCartney reveals he uses a teleprompter to remember old Beatles songs. I mean, that's not really news to me. The man's like, what, 70 something? But it's funny. The explanation isn't like, oh man, I'm old and you know, I just like, I have written so many songs. He's 78, sorry. And uh, his reasoning behind it is he said, sometimes you just, you'll be in a song like Eleanor Rigby, and you'll find yourself thinking, huh, what's for dinner tonight? Oh, maybe I shouldn't have that soup, but maybe uh, you'll just go for the main course. And then you find yourself like, oh shit, I'm an autopilot. What's the next uh, lyric in Eleanor Rigby? So I found that kind of funny. (laughs) I would would also imagine it's just like a can't be bothered kind of situation. It's just like, I've done this so many times, I can't be bothered to remember anymore. I'm kind of over it. Like, you know, autopilot's a thing, but if I forget, I just don't care. You know, might as well have a teleprompter to make sure I get it right. Yeah, if you forget at that point in your career, it's pretty bad, and people are going to make a big deal about it, so you don't want to forget. Yeah. Yeah, and Paul McCartney, as a performer, his worst nights are still probably the best shows most average concertgoers will ever see. It's true. Yeah, that's fair. And, uh, you know, someone like Ozzy Osbourne has been known because of his drug use, even in his 20s, using a teleprompter on stage before they even use them for this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, if you're at a Black Sabbath show or just an Ozzy show and Ozzy fumbles over a lyric, he fumbles over uh, Paranoid or War Pigs, you're just going to be like, ah, that's Ozzy. But if you know... Uh, that's part of why you're Paul there. McCart- yeah, if Paul McCartney fumbles over I Want to Hold Your Hand, you're probably going to flip a gasket. Do you think when he yeah. plays Hey Jude, it says Hey Jude, or it says the na-na-nas, and then in brackets, times 100? <laughs> Maybe. I imagine that at a Paul McCartney show, which I hope to never find myself at, um, they the whole band just kind of gets stuck in that section. And there's probably a night that they're just stuck there and no one knows how to get out of it. (laughs) Somebody's just waving to them off the stage, like wrap it up. (laughs) They, it's a fade out. I would love if they ran like a click where it did like the, the chorus two, three, four, and it goes, na, 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 for, for the rest of the show, two, (laughs) three, four. (laughs) Ah, Well, moving from one beetle to another beetle. And also, this is a bit of a Gallagher update, so uh, hold on to your horses, guys. Beep, beep, uh, beep, 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 Gallagher update. You can probably guess what other beetle I'm talking about because there's only one other alive beetle. Ringo Starr and Liam Gallagher have found themselves with an interesting collaboration this week. Ringo Starr's grandson and Liam Gallagher's son have been charged with assault in a grocery store brawl. Yay, the best collaboration ever. It's 
very funny when you read about it in the sense that these, uh, I mean, the grandson link is a bit tenuous, so I, I, I won't really link onto that, but it is very funny, uh, the whole Liam Gallagher, his son being involved in this, and apparently they're friends, um, but essentially they were in a grocery store and uh, they were attempting to buy beer right as uh, right after the curfew of buying the alcohol and the uh, grocery store tenant said, nope, you can't do that. And one of the people, not one of these two, another guy they were with started uh, shouting racial slurs at him and they started to fight him. So uh, that's really shitty of y'all. And uh, now it, it, I, I just, you guys see why I'm calling this the uh, TMZ section of the episode, but I just TMZ. Yeah, I could not resist from bringing that up. That that is uh, not how I'm sure Liam Gallagher wanted to uh, collaborate with uh, one of his heroes. Oh man, uh, I'll, like it, that confuses me so much. Like if they have those kind of connections, I'm sure they could figure out how to get beer. Are they right? of age? That's a question. Are they of age? I have no clue. I, I, oh, and I love right here. Um, apparently, uh, uh, after they started arguing with the uh, the staff member at the grocery store, uh, Starkey, who is uh, Ringo Starr's grandson, uh, started, quote-unquote, windmilling down the aisle. <laughs> We're talking. We're talking. We're talking about like the spinning of the arms, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's, That's what, what I, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. uh, either he was winding himself up, or he was like, "I'm just gonna hit everybody I can," and that that's straight up young man energy. So I, I imagine they're underage. But if this was happening in England, which you know both of these people are from, uh, yeah, it was happening in North London. Uh, the drinking age is what eighteen there. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. Pretty sure it's yeah. 18. The Pretty sure. Fun stuff. Uh, I got one more. This is a legitimate Gallagher update. Um, Liam Gallagher, who, if you don't know, that's the singer, uh, says that he and Noel Gallagher are both the problem in the Oasis feud. So there's all those... Um, there was a rumor going around earlier this year that Noel Gallagher denied... Uh, uh, that he was ever uh, asked to do a reunion tour with Oasis for a hundred million pounds. And Liam said, no, that was definitely on the table, but uh, he definitely turned it down. And let me see if I can find this really, th there's a great quote. Okay. Here's the exact quote. And this is the only reason why I brought this up this week. This is coming from Liam Gallagher referring to, the whole feud between him and his brother, Noel. I think we're both the problem, and the problem is, is that he thinks he's not the problem. He thinks I'm both the problems, whereas I'm just a problem. I'm half the problem, whereas I can't be having him thinking I'm the full problem. He needs to take on some of the problem. The minute he does, we'll move on. He just needs to own his problem. Did you guys follow that? Uh... You want me problem. to do an accent? Oh, like, please. You want me to do the, yeah, 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 yeah. Do it again yeah, with an accent. Do it, say the whole with thing a, again with, with an accent. accent. Uh, let's see. So he says fucking a lot. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, 
I think we're both the problem. Um, no, I, I can't do it. No, come on, do it again. Take <laughs> no, two. Do it. You can do it. You can that do it. This is a good start. Take two. You can do it. Here we, here we go. I'll, 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 I'll be the guy interviewing you. Okay. So this is this is Noel talking, right? Or is this Liam? Which one? Yeah, this, this is potato Liam. or not potato. All right, not potato. <laughs> this is not potato. This is potato caller. So, 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 so Liam. So Liam, you, you, you say that. Uh, that that Noel or Noel said that he's not the problem. Is that is that what I heard? That Noel's not the problem. See, uh, I think we're both the problem, and the problem is that he thinks he's not the problem. Do you know what I mean? That's no, I'm not doing the whole I think I actually I think I think I need a little bit more. I don't really fully understand. Wait, so he thinks that he's the problem, but he's not the problem. I think that's what I heard you say, right? He thinks I'm both the problems, whereas. Uh, see, I'm getting too posh here. I, no, I can't do good. this whole it's thing. No, you're good. It's so good. <laughs> Come on, keep keep going, keep going, keep going. You, you, got, it. you got it. You got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep yeah, the fucking it, in there. It's That'll the help. Fulkins and you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> if you've never watched an interview with either of the Gallagher's, it's both of them. Um, they say you know what I mean. After it, it's like when I say um or any of us say um in this, that's their um is you know what I mean. Yeah. Or fucking. Or fucking. It's a placeholder. <laughs> yeah. Fucking. So I, I appreciate you guys letting me indulge in my little TMZ moment. We can move into actual, uh, you know, semi-relevant um, music news. And that is the second portion of the news, which is the 2021 Grammy nominations are up. This was something that I wasn't quite too worried about. There's stuff like the Oscars where I'm really curious to see what the 2021 Oscars are going to look like because, you know, everything, uh, a lot of stuff got delayed or, you know, wasn't able to be finished, that kind of stuff. Whereas I would say Netflix is just going to win every award and there's not a similar situation here because music has mostly come out as normal. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I think we may and see maybe a bottleneck or not, maybe not a bottleneck, but we might see like a drought for the beginning of 2021 for music releases. But that's kind of how it always is. You see a lot of music coming out in the summers. But I digress. That'll be something we'll discuss in our end of year wrap up episode. But uh, this wasn't really something I was anticipating like I am like an Oscars list. But there were some cool things that came out of it. Most notably is that this marks the first year that the all of the nominees for the best rock performance category are women, which is very cool. And what's really cool about it, I mean, you don't really see animosity between category people. I, I You see a lot of people, you know, congratulating each other and just being really proud to be in the same category as each other. But uh, more so this year, you see, you know, Haley Williams and uh, Halsey, who's not in the category, just all... all saying you know like this is really badass we're really happy to see this kind of thing so i mean i have seen a lot of hot takes on the grammys uh most notably is that a lot of people feel that the uh one of the big four categories which is the uh best album of the year uh feels like a really a grab bag and i think what they were referring to is they said yeah like dua lipa's in it but they're like yeah it's a good album but like album of the year maybe not and once again, these are not my hot takes because I don't feel any which way on this. There was uh, some duo from Texas that they're like, they're relatively unknown. And then the last part on this, and Hagen, you might want to put earmuffs on for this one, is they said, why did we even nominate Jacob Collier? Who the fuck listened to that? 
<laughs> you know what's you know what's crazy is that anybody who has that hot take didn't pay attention to the Grammys the past two years because every time he's been nominated he's won and it's not obviously for obviously for album of the year but like he has three Grammys I think he was nominated twice last year and once the year before that I mean he's he's a kid and he has three Grammys and he's doing I mean it's like it's a it's a huge thing for um like for very what's like what's the right way to phrase this uh nerdy musicians let's say that let's it's a very cool thing to see for nerdy musicians that a fucking like the biggest music nerd got this kind of nomination that's huge because so many music nerds just talk shit about the grammys for just nominating quote-unquote pop music which is like quote-unquote easy music right so i think this yeah. is I, that nomination is like sure it like it's it's very random on some level but that's such a weird take to have on it it's like no, yeah, and sorry dumb. the 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 band from Texas I was referring to is Black Pumas, which a mm-hmm. lot of people are saying like who knows them that kind of stuff. As I said, I really have no hot takes on the Grammys. Uh, it's good to see Billie Eilish is you know not a one year wonder. I never thought that was going to be the case, but I'm really glad to see she's still you know relevant because uh, you know people. And I think it's ingrained in a lot of uh, sexism in the society where, you know, saying she's an industry plant, blah, blah, blah. She's a, you know, like one hit wonder, like she, she'll be forgotten, that kind of stuff. But it's good to see that she still is having a strong presence. And then the only real thing that I genuinely care about is that Phoebe Bridgers is nominated and that's about it. So I'm, I'm good to move on from that. Yeah. I, just, I think uh, Brittany Howard is also in that same category of best rock performance and yeah i love phoebe bridgers and even heim is in there too and i really enjoy heim's music but i think Brittany howard deserves it because she is just a force she is an she absolute is. force well it's it's a great uh category just in general i mean even uh, i'm not a huge fan of doja cat's style of music but she's been working really hard and then megan the stallion so like the whole best new artist category is pretty incredible yeah, yeah, it's it, it. I I honestly like this is the thing is that I think that I, I looked at the nominations across the board and I was like I think that all of this makes sense. There was not a there was not a nomination that I was like this is dumb, this is out of place, this feels like a cash grab. If somebody uses that as their argument, why the fuck is Jacob Collier nominated? Why the fuck are these people nominated if it's a cash grab? Which obviously the Grammys are on some level, but that brings me to the point that I will go through very quickly, which is the fact that there are people like The Weeknd and Justin Bieber who are very pissed off about the Grammy nominations. Wah! Yeah. The so I, I just want to, before you get into that, I, I, I want to, uh, there are uh, so many other people other than this. These are just the loudest voices. Mm-hmm. Um, people feel that K-pop overall has been uh, snubbed. The Chicks having their newest album, Halsey, Justin Bieber, and The Weeknd. And my favorite take has been The Killers uh, f- were jokingly, because people were making such a big deal out of this, they put uh, they did uh, this little tweet thread of saying like uh that they were basically joking like oh we want to recount uh this is yeah. uh bullshit we <laughs> That's so uh, good. all that kind of stuff so very good but uh let's go on to uh the weekend complaining about him playing the 2021 super bowl yeah so that i mean that that came later but initially when the nominations were announced he just tweeted out the grammys remain corrupt you owe me my fans and the industry transparency and it's like sorry you didn't get nominated uh, 
got nothing for you here, buddy. And and there are more tweets from him in, in relation to this, um, but it, it's a very silly thing to complain about, especially when you are calling it corrupt. If you're calling it corrupt and you don't like it, then why do you give a shit if you're nominated or not? Leave it alone. Yeah. Right. Yes. yes. That is that is yes. that's such a weird thing. And then before we go to the next thing with the weekend, Justin Bieber uh, posted on Instagram this thing that he wrote on notes, I guess, and he said, "To the Grammys, I am flattered to be acknowledged and appreciated for my artistry. I am very meticulous and intentional about my music. With that being said, I set out to make an R&B album. Changes was and is an R&B album. It is not being acknowledged as an R&B album, which is very strange to me." I grew up admiring R&B music and wished to make a project that would embody that sound. For this not to be in that category feels weird, considering from the chords to the melodies to the vocal style all the way down to the hip-hop drums that were chosen, it is undeniably, unmistakably an R&B album! Exclamation point. Damn. To be clear, I absolutely love pop music, it just wasn't what I set out to make this time around. My gratitude for feeling respected for my work remains, and I am honored to be nominated either way. So you might be honored to be nominated, but why did you? Why did you write that? Why did you? What do you? What, what do you so like? It was nominated, but not in R and B. He got he got a best. What is it? He got a best pop vocal performance for Yummy, um, and he got yeah best pop solo performance for Yummy, and he got best pop vocal album for the whole album changes. So and I he's mean, pissed. Isn't that just a problem with his label or whoever has to submit? the songs to be nominated it's not Good like the point. grammys just goes through and defines what they want to pick for all these nominations just like yeah. with the oscars it's a campaigned kind of thing where and studios all... submit you know whatever movie is a comedy like the martian was a comedy when it won whatever it did that one year and it also is like a kind of like uh it almost feels like a dig to the r&b noms like my nom should be in the R&B category because it's better than the... Like, if you look at the R&B nominations, it's like, yeah, this makes sense. This is fucking R&B. And if you've listened to Yummy or any of the changes, it's like, this isn't particularly... This doesn't belong next to these names. And the other the other weird thing is that in his own argument, he says he used hip-hop drums, so therefore it belongs in the R&B category, and that confused me even further. You're... It's whatever. But yeah, people, people are getting very pissed and it's just doesn't make any sense to me it it blows my mind i think this is another thing that you know we can easily put a pin in and then when the actual grammys take place we'll uh do a whole recap of the show and then also uh give our uh full comprehensive thoughts on yeah. award shows just in general and the, the last thing with The weekend was that was what you mentioned before, which is uh, the headline for this is Sources Close to the weekend Believe Grammy's Snubbing Was Retaliation for Playing Super Bowl uh, because he is he was booked recently to be playing the halftime show for the Super Bowl. So Imagine being upset that you didn't get your Grammy nomination and then crying all the way to probably one of the best paying gigs in the whole world and one of the best gigs to get your face out there. Yeah, everyone's watching you. Everyone will talk about and see that performance. Everyone's going to talk about that for a week. You're going to be in front of millions of eyes. And the Grammys, you're already shit-talking it. So why do you give a shit? Yeah. Do, do artists get paid for the Super Bowl halftime show? I'm certain. There's no they way they Even if they right? didn't, like, that is, like, the best. Like, I would play that shit for free any day. Um, 
but 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 they wouldn't, right? I mean, think think about that. Think about the people that play the halftime show. If they're asked to play, they have a massive deal. I'm sure. I'm sure the contract for that is fucking huge. Yeah, artists yeah. don't get paid by the NFL for that gig. Interesting. I was wondering if they get paid by the company broadcasting it, maybe, but. All I saw was that they don't get paid. I remember reading that and thinking, like, holy shit, really? That is, like, the biggest exposure gig ever. Yeah. It's an exposure it gig that would actually pay you something because of all the people that'll go and buy your merchandise or buy, you know, your CDs or stream your music after the performance. It's it's just such a I don't think anybody's disagreeing with the weekend that, you know, award shows and how they are put together and their nominations are not transparent. No one's disagreeing with that. It's just weird to be playing the Super Bowl and then also being upset that you didn't get a Grammy nomination. I don't know. That ju- that just rings disingenuous and uh, feels silver spoony or ivory towery. Yeah. So they, they don't get paid real quick. They don't get paid because of union laws. Um, but so uh, there's like obviously, like you said, the exposure stuff, but here's like the, the numbers they gave. The Super Bowl can boast 100 million views, 100 million viewers, and that doesn't count how many uh, others are simply aware of it and who might watch clips on social media later, see Lady Gaga's album shooting to number two on the charts following her show, and Justin Timberlake's 214% increase in Spotify streams after his. Right, so there's the payoff. Yeah, yeah, generally, insane. if it's like a big established band, you know, if they're having the Rolling Stones come out of, not retirement, but what maybe should be a retirement and come do it. <laughs> <laughs> the geriatric ward. Well, they're, they're just doing it because it's like it's a big, cool show, right? So they don't care about getting paid either, and that kind of makes sense. Right. Well, and there could be contract stuff with like, hey, if this is posted on YouTube, it goes on my YouTube channel. It goes right. on like my Vivo, so that way I get ad revenue from it. And also ticket prices. When you pitch your band to a venue, you go, hey, we want to play Madison Square Garden, and uh, our rates have recently gone up because we played the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same with the Grammy Grammy Awards too. Can we wrap up the Grammy talk with somebody explaining me once and for all what the difference between record of the year and oh, album shit. of the year are? You, you, got, you guys guess while I pull this up, actually, because I read I'm, this the other day. I'm going to guess that album of the year is a full album and that it's for the artist to win. Uh, and record of the year is, whether it's uh, several songs or one song, it's acknowledging everyone that had a hand in making the album. Or the record, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, I think record of the year maybe would be just for the producers on the album or on the song or whatever it is, because it can be both a song and an album, right? Maybe. Okay, so it doesn't actually clarify if it's a song or an album, but I think that is correct. So it says for record of the year, award to the artist and the producers, record in- re- sorry, recording engineers and or mixers and mastering engineers, uh, if other than the artist. So if it's record of the year, then the producer, recording engineer, mixer, and mastering engineer also is part of it. It doesn't clarify if it is an album or a song, but I think that it is. I think that it can be either one. Um, and then album of the year is award to artists and to featured artists, songwriters of new material, producers, recording engineers, mixers, and mastering engineers credited with at least 33% playing time of the album, if other than artist. Uh, okay. So that's why Phineas and, and Billy last year just cleaned up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
Well, thank you for explaining that. Um, we got one more piece of news that will uh, nicely segue into our topic, and that is that uh, Spotify has been uh, working with big name musicians to help test their um, kind of Instagram-like stories. So, and the reason why this will go into our topic is that if currently you go to their holiday seasonal music on um, playlist that Spotify has curated. They have this little thing at the top where you can tap uh, what looks like an Instagram story or Facebook story, and it will have the singers of these holiday songs. It'll have Mariah Carey. I think Megan Trainer was one of them, and just all these people talking about like, oh, this is why I love Christmas music. This is why I love this. And um, it's, I mean, I, I guess I, I don't see spotify as this big social um thing so it it, it, it's a weird disconnect for me that being said it may work for some people the instagram story kind of thing well it's it's another it's another avenue to connect with your fans which is like a really big thing i mean it's like uh you go to spotify to listen to your favorite band and then you go to their page and then they have a story posted that probably will say like hey we have new merch up or hey we have ticket sales or hey pre here's the pre-save link for our newest album coming out now that you're already on our page because they don't give you a pre-save link on like if you're on someone's page someone has to post that on instagram or facebook and then you click the pre-save link so you can do that um so maybe that's a thing and then also if from the streaming episode i mentioned that a friend of mine uses the whole uses like the playlist thing as like a a social media thing so that makes sense on some level i think it's really stupid i think that like it's not stupid i guess i i just am tired of seeing stories everywhere what is twitter's new name for their stories what's that fucking what's it called uh i know they added it but i don't know what it is because i don't it's a really dumb name I'm, yeah, I'm looking I can't at remember that. what it is it's either. Really but stupid, you know what though, the, the but... annoying thing is is going to be if they try to shove it in our faces. If we can still use the app the way that it is now, and yeah. ignore the stories, then that would be cool. But it's it just be imagine it's like, yeah, and like you go to Spotify, you watch you know your favorite artist story on there, and then you go to their Instagram and it's the same thing, and then you go to their Twitter and it's the same thing, then you go to Facebook, it's the same thing, and you go to YouTube because YouTube has stories and yep. it's the same thing. I do think it's. It's really telling that we're mentioning all these other places that have stories and not the place that started them with Snapchat doesn't seem to like factor in anymore to any social media talk really. Yeah. Right. Cuz it just doesn't yeah. do it doesn't people scale. use that still? Oh I yeah, used, people yeah. used to communicate with my high school friends. People That's still it. use Snapchat a lot, but it definitely doesn't have the same like effect that it used to. It wasn't it's, it's not nearly as big amongst a lot. I mean, it's like uh like young people quote unquote use instagram and tiktok and snapchat is just kind of there yeah it's it's just weird how it's kind of like quietly become not the place to be because like you talked about reaching fans through spotify it kind of does make sense in the same way that there's like artist um like social media stuff in apple music that nobody uses and everybody ignores but it's there well and at one at one point i think facebook wanted to buy snapchat and then Snapchat said no, right? Yeah. And that was yes. really when it kind of started to turn where Instagram became more like Facebook and it was became a lot more popular than Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Twitter stories are called Fleets. F-L-E-E-T-S. Fleets. Stupid name. Fucking stupid. I guess that makes sense with like tweets. So it's like saying it's fleeting. 
sure it makes sense doesn't mean that i like it it's stupid yeah, yeah. until you can pin the stories to your profile like yeah stupid. yeah exactly. yeah I, i've never enjoyed um you know the story element when it comes to being just a person when it comes to when i'm posting as the band i really enjoy it because you know when you're posting like an actual post on facebook or instagram or wherever it is you always like you think about it and you're like oh this will be up there forever so you don't want to post a shitty poster nothing like that or like uh this picture doesn't look good but it's kind of nice for stories for musicians for that reason of like oh we're fucking around in a convenience store on tour and this is funny but i don't want this up there forever so the people who follow us it's a little thing to you know connect so i do like that but i've never really cared as a just like me jackson yeah, so. I mean, I just never post oh. to my Instagram. Maybe once a year, and it's for that reason because I'm my like, God. I don't really have anything that I want up there permanently. I we should we should we should all before we go into the actual topic, we should all applaud Jackson for making a personal Instagram. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I, meant to... I saw that and was very confused because I thought someone had made a fake Instagram for him. <laughs> Me too. Because I was like, surely he's already on here. I meant to do it at the top of the show. I meant to bring that up right away, but I totally forgot. Jackson, thank you for reminding me. Damn, congratulations. Well, while we're congratulating people, uh, Hagen uh, has agreed. uh, If people don't know this, Hagen uh, gets tattoos of uh, bands that he's been a part of, and uh, he's kind of like a NASCAR uh, for all of his bands. <laughs> this is and true. He this has, is very true. He agreed before this show he is going to get a Don't Feed the Artist tattoo. So I really, in the spirit of congratulating people, uh, well, it's just like a big round of applause for Hagen. Uh, I don't Thank know. You, I don't Hagen, for getting the tattoo. I don't know why this is. I don't know why this is like a a, a bit because it's like I'm gonna do it. it was, we didn't even talk about it. It was already. It's already on my list of tattoos to get. I didn't mean yeah. to out you. See, I'm sorry. I, I didn't think about that. <laughs> when i put together the artwork the first time it's kind of concerning <laughs> yeah well i i was i was actually i was looking at like uh what tattoos i'm gonna get next and uh i i, I saw like I, I i had it on my list and i was like man that artwork's really like minimal that would be really easy to just go get so yeah it's yeah. on my list adam now you know why whenever he told my partner that um he was getting the moniker tattoo that he told her he said do not tell Jackson. Yeah. Now you yeah. know why, because I would have said, no, don't do that. Well, or, so, you, you know what? He had a conversation with the, the guy who made the moniker logo, right? About that? Yeah, yeah. And he was yeah. talking about nobody's ever gotten his artwork, you know, tattooed, and it's mm-hmm. a very weird feeling. He was, yeah, he, he, was, he was very happy. I mean, and that's, that's the, the thing that's cool about getting that kind of stuff tattooed is that people are very happy about it. And it's weird because, like, some musicians I've played with are like, oh, that's that's cool. And some are like, oh, that's weird. And then the ones that I haven't gotten tattooed yet are like low-key, like, when are you going to get like our project tattooed on you? <laughs> <laughs> and it feels very weird. But uh, I, had, I, had, I, had, I played with one – I used to play with this one band that's like a controversial band that I'm not saying any names. Um, but uh, they really want me to get them tattooed on me, and I absolutely refuse. I'm yeah. sure yeah, they Hagen do. Is, uh, Hagen used to play for Trapped. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I talk so much shit about them. 
guys, I think we're really we're really just trying to dodge the bullet of talking about holiday slash Christmas music. No, that is the topic so. of this episode. And I will go ahead uh, while Dave has a drink of his merry, merry uh, eggnog. Um, we will, I'll give us a quick introduction. I think everybody knows uh, Christmas music, holiday music, whatever it may be that you like to listen to. Uh, it typically is a variety of genres, but I think um, I would even venture to say that Christmas music can be kind of its own Christmas uh, or its own genre, but um, it, it stems back to, uh, you know, it can go all the way back to, um, it has some roots in Rome, obviously not really Christmas back then, but, uh, there's really kind of two types of Christmas music or holiday music that I kind of see. And, um, what they said, or what I've read is that, um, prior to 1930, there was a lot of, um, it was mostly uh, religious. It was a lot of religious-based uh, characters uh, in the Christmas music and holiday music. And typically, we're talking about Christmas, um, so obviously the Christian religion. And then after the 1930s, so the, you know, the Great Depression era, uh, it brought on a more of an uh, American Western uh character uh that was more secular and that's where you get things like uh santa claus is coming to town rudolph the red-nosed reindeer and that whole crooner era that i think most people point to the bigger christmas songs of like have yourself a merry little christmas and white christmas so even though they mention christmas they can uh, be a lot more uh secular when we're talking about santa claus is coming to town and rudolph um but then the last thing in my intro is that you know Christmas music is everywhere, and um, we'll definitely get into talking about that. You know, there's free concerts every year. You hear it in your churches. You hear it in shopping malls. You hear it even on the fucking streets. Any type of gathering you're in, uh, there's 24-7 Christmas music, uh, radio stations, and Christmas music is part of this uh, phenomenon called the Christmas Creep. Uh, I don't know if you guys know what the Christmas creep is, but I don't. I guarantee, I guarantee you do. Uh, Christmas creep is that phenomenon. Whenever a um, traditionally, people say that Christmas music should start. Uh, you can start listening to it the day after Thanksgiving, which is why we decided to do this episode when we decided to do it because this it, we're in a post-Thanksgiving world right now, um, <laughs> and the it sounds so dramatic. <laughs> Well, with the situation of the world, it, it's pretty fitting to call it that. Hey, I'm yeah. just I'm just glad we made it this far. Yeah. So are you, um, are you really? Yeah. I don't know if I am. Yeah, I, I'm a bit on the fence there. It, it depends on the day. <laughs> um, so Christmas creep is uh, when you have Christmas music and Christmas theming and stuff like that already starting to uh, show up, you know, as early as Halloween and stuff like that. So. I think we're all very familiar with that. Oh, okay. I didn't know it had an actual name. That's cool. It does, and it has its own Wikipedia page, it's which the, is fascinating. It's the same thing as, um, you know, Oktoberfest beers come out in May and June at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah, you mentioned the song White Christmas. I think that's, I was like, when I was doing a little bit of research, that is like the number one song of all time, the biggest selling single. And it was, it came out in what, like 55 or something? Yeah, something that like that. To right. do with the movie. 
this was uh, something that was really hard for me uh, to do. It was my idea, and I realized I bit off more than I could chew as soon as I started doing my quote-unquote prep. Um, and I just, like, I'm not a fan of Christmas music or holiday music in general, and it. I was trying to think, what other examples do we have? Like, there is no other time. It's not like every August we listen to Abbey Road or every June we listen to Pink Floyd. There's not like a like any other example of music where it's like, okay, it's this time of year, so now we listen to this. So I was trying to think of like, oh, is there anything else? Like, it is so oversaturated or overplayed, I think is a better word for me, that I was having such a hard time listening to Christmas music without getting just angry. I just like, I have such a, like, it's like a gag reflex almost. I mean... I tried so hard to be positive for this episode, but I just couldn't do it. And I just have a list of things that, you know, what is it about Christmas music that I find kind of repulsive? But, uh, you know, I don't know. Do you guys have any, Do does anyone here like Christmas music or holiday music? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, Dave, it's like jazz, right? You know, it's jazz music. Christmas music is <laughs> Christmas jazz. <laughs> And and when they combine, then it's the best. Now, um, I think you know. I I my relationship with Christmas music is obviously as it gets closer to the holidays. That's kind of what I hear, and I have had a lot of real uh, family loving Christmas like Christmases. So I kind of get like a warm fuzzy feeling when I hear the music. I do find that when I start to hear the music and I start to hear people complain about it's like too early for Christmas music or whatever. Um, I feel the same way about that mentality as I do about people hating on Nickelback. It's like, Oh, you're kind of just doing that because it's the thing to do. Like, Oh, you don't put up your tree too early or things like that. So I now this year, when I first heard Christmas music, I was like, Oh, I really like this song. This is really nice. I think it was Oh holy night. And I'm like, this is a beautiful song. I don't mind hearing this at all. Why do I? Why do I feel like I should hate this? Yeah, there, there definitely is like a weird stigma behind it. I would say going back to like the Christmas tree up too early thing and 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 that sort of thing is, is the issue is that like there are like we once we hit like October it's holiday season, but there are right. other holidays that aren't Christmas, and so it's like hey, can we just celebrate these holidays instead of having to feel like we're just like Christmas is in our face all the time? Because personally. I don't hate Christmas music, and I don't hate, like, the concept of just being surrounded by Christmas. I think that it's not my favorite thing in the world, but because it, because it gets old pretty quickly, I think. Like, if it's, like, an everyday sort of situation. I mean, it's like you work in a retail environment, and that's all you hear every single day starting the day after Thanksgiving. And that's all you're going to hear until, I would say, honestly, probably until the new year. I think they'll probably keep, they, they, they think they keep playing it even after Christmas, right? Yeah. So that that becomes a little old at times, um, but I, I, I something something that is interesting, uh, something that I, I kind of thought about recently, not necessarily interesting, is that uh, we are so like as as a, as a choir boy, I was so ingrained with Christmas music. This was something that I had to be that I had to do every year. I sang, I, I did caroling. I had a choir concert, a winter choir concert. I showed Dave a video of it the other night. Uh, it, it, it's, it's like it's something that, that you just do. We just sing this. And then, and then you go back and you look at songs like Dave, you mentioned Holy Night. And there's all these different arrangements, all these different versions. And 
then there's just like the, the, the layers on layers. And then you go to church and there's all the hymns and there's all this. It, it doesn't stop for choir boys, for choir people, for singers. This is the life. And it's a kind of, I've seen a lot of like my uh, like choir friends on Facebook posting like, I'm so happy I don't have to do caroling this year. I'm so happy that like, I don't like, I miss my friends, but I don't have to go carol right now. This is great. Um, so there's that weird relationship with it. But I'll also say that when I was showing Dave that video, I remembered the song that I was showing, that the video was, I, I like, and I enjoyed that. It was fun to sing, but there's that oversaturation of it that comes so easily that it just, it just drives me nuts at a certain point. Yeah, I, there, I can't tell you how many times I had to sing Carol of the Bells, and yeah. I love that song. So that was the only, when I was listening to, you know, prepping for this, that was the only time whenever one of those, you know, holiday standards of, uh, you know, caroling or choral music came on that I found myself like, okay, this is like the calm before the storm for me. Cause I, I know, I know Rudolph's coming up next and I know yeah. I might get angry. And then, and then there's, there's the, like, not only is there just like the oversaturation of it, but there's the fact that like, if you don't like it, that's too bad. And that, that kind of is like a, it's, it's annoying. So yeah, it becomes like almost like a stigma. Like, oh man, why, why am I supposed to hate this? But it's like, if you don't like this, sucks to suck, this is life. And then if you're a musician and you don't do a Christmas song, you're missing out on something, right? There's like this thing that everybody has to make a Christmas song. And I, and I, on Friday morning after Thanksgiving, I woke up and I heard Beyonce's Ave Maria and I, I wanted to throw up. It was so bad. It was awful. <laughs> it's unbelievably bad. And it's not because Beyonce's bad, obviously. It's There's a number of reasons why that could be a bad version of that song, but she shouldn't have done that. She just shouldn't, like, it's just, it's just not, and there's so many bad Christmas songs. There's so many. There's so many versions that don't need to exist. And the likelihood of releasing a Christmas song and having it stand the test of time is so rare nowadays mm-hmm. in this day and age. I think, what is it, Mariah Carey's uh, All I Want for Christmas Is You was the last yeah. song to do that and be as popular as it is. Jackson, yeah. that video you sent us about the the magic Christmas chord or whatever it was, it's just a half diminished two chord. And... Uh, I think no. That, don't that... tell them the secret. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a, a it's a, a it's, it's a very clear secret. Like I, I've seen that video like posted every year for the past few years, and uh, or some like iteration of that video. And the first time I watched it, I think I was like a maybe like a sophomore or junior in college, and I was like, oh yeah, that that, that makes sense. But I probably was more accurately like like big nerd, like oh my god, yes, and I know what that chord is because I just went to class. <laughs> Yeah, I was even watching it. I watched it today, and I was like, "It's just a minor four chord with a with a two in the bass." Anyway, um, <laughs> it's so rare for artists to make a, to have a lasting impression with their Christmas albums, but yet these artists like Mariah Carey. I think she's re-released that album. It comes from a whole album. I think she's re-released it like I don't know yeah. four or five times. Uh, Michael Bublé comes out with a Christmas album. By the way. Um, she is releasing a like holiday special this year like yeah, coming Apple, out on right? like a full movie yeah yeah, yeah so it's it's i think um at a certain point in an established artist's career they take if they want to keep performing past their time but they don't want to tour they either do a christmas album or they go to vegas and do a residency 
I think it's just kind of that stream flows into those directions pretty frequently. It's just it's well, and that's just kind so of exhausting. similar with some of the older Christmas songs that we all think of, like Sinatra and stuff. I mean, that's what he was doing was a residency in Vegas at the time. It's that. But same. I would also say that like. If you listen to like Christmas music from someone like Sinatra, I think that even that's going to tie back to what I was saying earlier about just like, like he's a very well known like some like classically tr- like good singer. So of course that's going to be what someone like him does because he's going to make a lot of money off of doing Christmas music no matter what, right? Right. Yeah, and that's what it is. The funny thing for me is that these artists that make nowadays, I don't know how long this has been going on, but these artists that make Christmas albums, they have to record them in the summer. Yeah. And so it's really funny to think about that. Uh, this artist, Ben Rector, he just released a Christmas album. And he also wrote a Thanksgiving song, which I thought was really clever. But I was watching his Instagram in the summer, and he was like, yep, recording a Christmas album in the summer is a really weird thing to do. Yeah. And we talked about this uh, the other night, is that the, the Charlie Brown Christmas music is always good. That's something that is, I think is kind of hard to, oh, Jackson, yes. So this was something I was going to bring up because Jackson just um, raised his hand like he was in class. <laughs> I have to sometimes, you know, I just get really excited. Um, so this was something I really wanted to bring up is I'm a big fan of ballet, uh, shock and awe. And one of the most popular ballets is the Nutcracker, which is very clearly Christmas theme. And I love the music from that. So is it the cheery cheesy lyrics that you know take away you know the um charlie brown music a lot of the the most famous ones you know there's not the lyrics and stuff like that in that so mm-hmm. um i think that you know a, a big part of it is the cheesy lyrics that like i just like i get so tired of hearing it i mean other than Feliz navidad which is a bona fide jam um <laughs> i just don't want to hear people talking about santa and all that kind of shit it just i don't know it it feels really you know i don't know i mean is it just the the songs that seem more like childish that like stick out to you because those are the ones talking about santa and reindeer and all that i will say that if i'm going to say what is what are my favorite holiday songs or you know if i can name a few it's going to be anything that is um you know no lyrics like the Nutcracker and the Charlie Brown music. And um, I love uh, Blue Christmas. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, I, that song is so fucking good, uh, regardless of it being a Christmas song. And um, yeah, uh, the choral music. So the choral music, even if uh, one thing about, you know, I'm not a religious person, but, you know, some of the best choral music is, you know, based heavily in religious text and, you know, the lyrics never really meant anything to me in choral music, so I think that's why I'm able to disconnect. So I think, you know, it is that uh, cheesy nature for me that um, really I, takes me away. Speaking of lyrics, the like Christmas song lyrics, I have a, I have a conspiracy theory that I'm going to perpetuate uh, about Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Which so, one's that? So am I? Uh, I'll, I'll I'll let you tell your conspiracy theory, but am I allowed to poke holes in it? Am I allowed? Is that am I allowed to to dispute, or are we just gonna if, let you go? If you feel the need to, but All let right, me okay. let me let me get out the let me get yeah, out my idea first. Get it out. Get it out. Okay, so Grandma got run over by a reindeer walking home from our house Christmas Eve. You can say there's no such thing as Santa, but as for me and Grandpa, we believe. You can assume that this is from the perspective of a kid, right? Now, 
in the second verse, he says, the kid says, now we're all proud of Grandpa. He's been taking it so well. See him in there watching football, drinking beer, and playing cards with Cousin Mel. This is where the theory comes in. I think, I think Grandma was killed by Grandpa. And Cousin Mel is not a guy, but it's a girl that is not related to the family. Grandpa's been having an affair with her. It's Mel B from the the fucking Spice from the Spice Girls, Girls, isn't it? That's yeah. Oh my god, we just so, this might fuck this whole thing up. Sorry, I'm sorry. Wait, so um, let, let me just the, my my one my one real question is from the brief little bit you said right there. So you're claiming that Grandpa kills Grandma, and mm-hmm. that Mel is someone he's having an affair with, who's cousin Mel, and we are meant to believe that this is from the perspective of a child. And how how old? Is your co- do you have cousins that are the age of your grandparents? Well, that, uh, no, they don't but, have to be the same age. Exactly. No, but, but maybe she's no, a gold digger. No, no, they okay, <laughs> fair, all right. I'll, I'll, but but okay, but then but then the next question is, how long has someone been in that life that they can say cousin Mel? I, there are kids. When I was a kid, I assumed people that were the same age as my parents that hung out with them were my aunts and uncles. Maybe. Yeah, you just kind of told like. Oh, this is so and so. They're you know, uh, you're like your uncle yeah. Joe. Like, yeah, that 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 sounds that sounds like a personal issue. It doesn't sound like the reality of a child. To me, it sounds like Hagen has never heard of a man named Woody Allen. So we'll have <laughs> no, to tell no, you no, no, all no, no. about I'm him fully, after I, this. I fully, I fully understand. I fully understand that. Uh, in that, that could totally be the case that it's a younger, a younger person that grandpa's having an affair with and uh killed grandma because of that affair well the, the uh, life it, insurance it, money you know yeah sure, sure, and, sure. The, and the kid's like what happened to grandma and, the, and the, the grandpa's like um she got run over by a reindeer because he doesn't know his alibi yet and then he's like give me a beer kid give me a beer and then his, and then his, al- and then his your, alibi is mel his alibi is ruined because a child is now running around going, Grandpa got run over by a reindeer. And he wrote so a hit song about, song it. about it. Yeah, yeah, wrote a hit song, and and every and, and then like everyone close to the family is like, oh well, wow, we see what happened here. We see. So I'm gonna work on poking holes in your conspiracy theory, or just checking to make sure it works. Uh, but before I do that, uh, I saw this tweet that I meant to read today, which is uh, about about uh, Paul McCartney's wonderful Christmas time. Uh, have you guys seen this about how it's uh, actually about witchcraft and then someone walks in the room? No. <laughs> so the lyrics are, the moon is right, the spirit's up, we're here tonight and that's enough. And then somebody walks in the room simply having. <laughs> that's really good. That's really this good. This has been fun. Uh, Adam, I feel like, and please let me know if I'm out of line here. I feel like your your wife is a Christmas music person. Am I wrong? That would, that would be accurate. <laughs> yeah. So what, tell me what it's like uh, living in a house. Uh, I mean, you guys have been dating for a long time, so you must be used to this. What, what, I, what I do mean, you think of Christmas music? I don't mind Christmas music. I don't want to hear it like all the time. It doesn't need to be the only music that is played. Um. And I'd I'd rather have variety of Christmas music. There's some newer, you know, newer quote unquote stuff that is just less traditional, and that's that makes it better than hearing the same song all the time. And I kind of had that same kind of thing growing up because my mom liked Christmas music, 
and my dad, you know, also didn't seem to, he wasn't very negative about it at least. He was just, you know, yeah, that's fine. Not before Thanksgiving, that kind of thing, which I think is fairly normal. Um, like, cause Hagen said it kind of dilutes other holidays and just kind of feels like it drags on forever. Um, and so my solution to that as a kid was just to find other Christmas music and put them on CDs. And then that way we listen to like a wider variety of stuff. And thankfully Spotify does that for us now. So if a wider variety of songs that are, you know, the same maybe song and they're just covers and stuff that at least gives it more variety than hearing the same song out of the rotation of like 50, which you do hear if you work in retail and they just play the same 50 songs they paid for all, you know, 45 days. Yeah. On a playlist. Yeah. But there are, there are certain signifiers of Christmas songs aside from that magic chord that would be like, you know, you don't really hear sleigh bells in a, in your average pop song or just bells in general or, um, yeah, you know, you know, it's like a really, really like you're in trouble whenever like you listen to a playlist and then a metal cover of a Christmas song comes on and you hear the bells with like the low guitar. Ugh, drives me nuts. That shit's terrible. <laughs> Trans Siberian Orchestra, my friend. But yeah, but know, I, I'm, ta- I'm talking about like I'm talking about like uh, a band like August Burns Red or like a hard like a metalcore <laughs> band doing like a Christmas cover. It's like it's it's totally different than Trans Siberian Orchestra because that's its own that's its own thing. Side note about that. They're obviously not playing shows this year, so how how does their business model seem right now? I bet they sell a lot of records. That like I guarantee you the the market for people who buy Christmas albums and holiday records, like I think that is a market that will never die. It's like the morgue industry; people are always dying. You know, right? And the, a lot of the people like that you know touring acts like that it's not the artists or the or the managers or anybody that i mean they're going to suffer they're not going to make as much money this year as they normally would it's really the road crews that are getting hit yeah. the hardest well i'm just thinking about they normally do like what a 10 week tour basically where they're playing two or three shows a day and that's right. all they do all year practically speaking in terms of this you know that band because they don't really put out albums like non-christmas stuff anyway so it's just interesting to think about this year must be very strange for them and everybody they normally yeah. hire. Yeah, that could be they could do like a live stream show and make make some money that way. I bet but that, Jackson, when bet you when you hear um when you hear the song Waiting on the World Change and he says John Mayer says no more ribbons on the door and it goes ding 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 with the bells in the background, does that ever annoy you? Um, I think that song just in general annoys me. So, I, no, I, no, that that that's a decent song, but it, that's one of that's like his wonder wall to me. It's very hard for me to analytically look at that song without thinking like, "Wow, this is so overplayed." So, I don't know. Yeah, it, that song feels really cheesy. It's also like the classic white boy anthem of like things are bad. I'm just gonna do nothing about it and hope it gets better. <laughs> so in gonna, 2020, that's a bad look, <laughs> right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, hey, Christmas music, I, I, I don't mean to harp on it. Like, if you like Christmas and holiday music, like, all for it. Like, that's good on you. I, I did, I, I do want to mention how I prepped for this because, you know, I regret it uh, wholeheartedly. Um, I did listen to Andrew Bird. He just released a uh, holiday album this, um, this year called Hark. 
and it was uh, really good. Probably the best one I could listen to. I did listen to a, I believe the playlist was called Happy Holidays on Spotify. And then the two ones that I really committed to, and I shouldn't have done this, is Sufjan has released two Christmas albums, both of which are like three hours long. So the first one is called Songs for Christmas, and it is very much in that kind of um, the folky uh, Sufjan that we all know and love. And then he released a second one that is called Silver and Gold, which is more kind of, it still has the folk elements, but it's a little bit more electronic. So uh, neither of these are bad uh, to a normal listener, but I really hated them. And uh, I found myself at moments thinking like, is Sufjan Stevens a bad musician? So I had to go back and listen to a different song or a different (laughs) album to remind myself, this man is incredible don't listen to his Christmas music. But I think uh, for people who do like Christmas music and you want to hear something that's not from the 50s, between the 30s and 50s, you should try out Sufjan Stevens's uh, albums or Andrew Bird's album because uh, they were kind of refreshing. They do have some of the classics on there. So you got your Silent Nights, you got all that kind of stuff. But then also you got uh, brand new shit from the, you know, artists themselves. I mean, they'll never be like a, you know, a wham or anything like that, but you know, it's cool to hear that new stuff. So, uh, one thing that I'm sure none of us listened to, but I really wish one of us had was somebody should have listened to the Bob Dylan Christmas album. Cause that is <laughs> apparently the worst Christmas album of all time from what I've heard. I've, yeah, I've, never I've heard, heard the, um, there's a music video for that. Uh, here comes Santa Claus off the album. And it is just, it is laughable. It I was going to say, we've, we've at least all heard that song and it's ripoff kind of nature of a band that we all know here to some degree. I guess it was influenced by, but it sounds very similar to Brave Combo. So, Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair fair characterization but but i mean that should tell you how much money that you you stand to make from releasing a successful christmas album when bob lot. dylan does it yeah it's a lot of money it's a lot of money and it, and it really it tends to not like be that much um i don't want to say not that much work but i mean it's, you don't care about it as much as your album i mean there's just no way right you you try to get in you try to get in and out so fast so like the amount of time you put into it is definitely like the payout could be a lot better than, than the amount of time you put into it so um so yeah so real quick just back to your your conspiracy i i do i do lean a little bit more towards the answer that you're that you're proposing but i i there there is there is just one thing that i just want an explanation of um so uh the, the the concept so she'd been drinking too much eggnog and we begged her not to go she forgot her medications and she staggered out the door into the snow so all of that sounds like no problem right yeah that makes sense you know easy easy like you know grandpa can say that that's what happened but he might have done that he might have like drugged her and not given her she he, she didn't take her medication and she, he he drugged her or got her drunk whatever it is um and let her walk outside so then he could just run her over okay so i'll I'll buy that uh so then the real the real question is uh so the the crazy thing is they go to the scene of the crime the 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 lyric is the scene of the attack how did she have hoof prints on her forehead i already thought about this it's easy grandpa is a hunter he recently uh killed a deer cut off the foot bashed it into her forehead it's possible. See, that's 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 very possible. But I think that the the largest issue with that 
and uh, if if any if any like uh, like CSIs, forensic scientists listen to this, just just please let us know. I think that the pressure would be very easy to tell there's a difference between an actual hoof print or or a human grandpa shoving a hoof print onto his wife's well, forehead. See, Grand- grandpa could be yoked. Grandpa could be fucking yoked, dude, and that's why he's got uh, some young young uh, cousin Mel. But it, 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 that, that's that's totally possible. It's totally possible. I just I just definitely I definitely would like to uh, to to see some more evidence based on the fact that 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 could the, faking that kind of thing would be very difficult. Faking a a reindeer just slamming down on a woman's head. Also, the fact that her head was still, I guess, hypothetically intact is pretty insane. Right, because if if a if a if if a deer if you're laying on the ground and a deer steps on your head, I think you're done. But these are reindeer that can fly. Maybe they were on the way in, you know, making a smooth landing, and the deer just kind of boop tapped her on the on the head. She fell over. Right, but then but then the cops say load of shit because the cops know that Santa's not real and that reindeers don't fly. As for uh, the kid and, and grandpa, they believe. So <laughs> I mean, you, maybe you should too. Is that gonna be the grandpa's defense when he's in court? That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm trying. That's what, that's that's the my my big thing is that I I need this to I need this to hold up. I need, sorry, without a reasonable doubt. I need to as a jury without convince a jury without a reasonable doubt. That's what it has to be. I mean, right. they could just convince him that he's crazy. You know, look, be like, look, Grandpa thinks that there are deer flying through the sky. He could. They they could easily take an insanity defense, and that Seems would be totally fine. To me, this sounds like uh, this song is begging for a sequel, you guys. And if we're lucky, we could get Rick Springfield on it. I'm thinking (laughs) Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer 2 featuring Jesse's Girl. I'm so glad that I'm so glad that you brought it up that no one else had to bring that up. How hard (laughs) how hard was that for you? Uh, I'm pretty hard right now. Um, (laughs) So Merry Christmas, everybody. Does anybody have anything they want to wrap up on this, or you know, do we just want to say happy holidays and move into what we've been listening to? No, I just want to say that the timing of us recording this is funny because, as I mentioned, that Nick Cave has his blog where he takes questions and stuff. Um, I've mentioned a couple of them before. Somebody asked him today how he feels about Fairy Tale of New York being censored by the BBC, seemingly what happens every year, and he is getting. In a lot of trouble for his comments about it. What were his comments? He basically said, I, I understand how it might be offensive to people, but that's tough shit. That's the song, so that's how it is. Which, to some degree, I kind of understand his point of, if the song is offensive, then just ban the song. Don't change a couple of the words and then pretend there's not a problem. But it seems like a weird... Uh, like argument to have about a single like Christmas song. Granted, it's a pretty big Christmas song, especially over there. But I don't know. It's a weird uh, like hill to die on kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 good to move on. We good to move on. Anybody? Yeah, let's do it. yeah. All right. So real yeah, quick, ha- before... happy, 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 happy holiday. Yeah, happy holidays. <laughs> happy, happy, happy holidays. Before before we move on, real fast, Dave. Uh, in relation to this, I I would ask you to just go watch the staircase because this case sounds very similar to the one in the staircase. Okay. Uh, so just just go watch that, and we'll we can talk about it later. Uh, uh, uh you know how it's a good conspiracy theory because Hagen is really hung up on it. 
I just, I, you know, th there, there is evidence, but there's also evidence to, to dispute. So I just, I just, I just want to be clear. There's like a whole uh, season of podcast content here, just waiting for that's us. That's true. Do. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. Is that good enough? Is that all right, everybody? That yeah, great. that's well enough. Um, I've been listening to Shock and Awe. Phoebe Bridgers released two EPs this week, so I've been listening to that. She released uh, one called Copycat Killer, which she took four songs from her most recent record, Punisher, and got uh, Rob Moose, which is a famous string arranger for a lot of albums, and he uh, reworked everything. He took her vocal stems and made it like an orchestral thing for four of the songs on there. It's really cool. Um and then she also released another um, EP called If We Make It Through December, which has uh, the Merle Haggard song, If We Make It Through December. It's a cover of it, and wow, it is hauntingly beautiful. And That's a great song. It, ha it has, uh, like, I think three other songs on it that are, uh, it has Silent Night, and, like, with Silent Night, she's singing Silent Night just as you would expect Phoebe Bridgers to sing it. But then she's got like somebody narrating like the uh, reports of like Amber Geiger, uh, the cop who shot somebody in Dallas. And it's just like, it's this weird haunting juxtaposition of Silent Night, but also these people, like these horrible injustices. So like that was a really interesting use of a uh, holiday song. Um, so if you're like me, it was really interesting to listen to, but um, the Merle Haggard cover was incredible. And I will save the rest of what I've been listening to for another week because I just couldn't listen to Christmas music too much. Uh, I just listened to, uh, aside from the regular stuff, I checked out Ben Rector's new Christmas album, and it's it's really good. He's got a really polished voice, but the good thing about it is that it's not just polished in the studio. That's how he actually sounds when he sings live. Uh, Pliny put out a new album, which is, you know, talking about conspiracies, a little suspicious timing there with this, little, with this whole news <laughs> thing last week. Uh, a little suspicious. <laughs> hey, but it worked out for him. It did. Uh, yeah, so this new album, Impulse Voices, is fucking phenomenal. Um, if you, I mean, I, if you're a listener, you know that we're that I, I'm a fan of prog metal. Some of us are as well. But this album is a, is a must-listen. Must-listen to. If you're a fan of any kind of prog stuff, this is like... It's beautiful the whole way through. The music's interesting. Uh, there's not there's not a moment where I was I was bored, and it was it was good to have on in the background, and it's good to just listen to. It's a really great album. Uh, I've just been listening to Vince Guaraldi and his trio, not just for the Christmas Christmas music angle of it from Peanuts, but just a bunch of his work because I've never really gone down that rabbit hole, and it's all pretty great. Jazz, jazz. <laughs> <laughs> also, I listened to Foo Fighters' new song, which, uh, you know, I wait. You don't like it? I like it, but I understand why people were worried about the album. Oh, Dude, every, everybody is wrong. I think that if you're worried wait, about the wait, album, wait. I think that you're like kind of. I think that it's it, it's maybe fair on some level, but it's also like, hey, why don't we let the Foo Fighters try a different thing? Because every Foo Fighters album is roughly, like, it's not the same, but you're not surprised by what they do. Right. They just write good songs the entire way through. So, hey, they did something different. Cool. Let them do it. And the more you listen to it, the more you like it. If you're a Foo Fighters fan, I guarantee it. I think it definitely yeah, but it Stockholm definitely gets Syndrome better. is a thing. <laughs> 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 
But yeah, I'm not worried. I mean, from what they've been saying about the album, I'm not worried about the rest of it. I'm only worried that it's it's a short album, and that's kind of disappointing. Yeah. But, you know, we'll find out in February if that mattered. Yeah. I do yeah. want to thank Dave for sending me. Uh, Rolling Stone has been doing this really cool series called Musicians on Musicians. Uh, the first one they did was Billie Eilish and Billy Joe Armstrong because both their first names are Billy and they're spelled the same way. And that one's really interesting. But they've been doing this over and over. And man, when worlds collide, uh, they <laughs> Dave Dave sent in our group text at Phoebe Bridgers and Lars Ulrich were interviewing each other and on our on my way to the studio to hang out with uh dave and hagen i listened to it and wow i gotta say man i think i'm really turning a leaf on lars like i think you know i'm not saying he's a great drummer but like you know fuck it let him just be a rich asshole yeah he he conducted himself really well in that interview and i think he's he's a really good interviewer his beats one, ch- it, it, no wait, or is it Apple's yeah, Apple Music? Apple. I don't know. It's an Apple yeah, Music he's show. got a his his radio show is incredible. Like he is he really knows great shit. at talking to people. Yeah, and he has a vast knowledge of like the music that he's involved in and the industry itself. And Phoebe is yeah. is great too. That was just a great conversation. It really was, yeah. So uh, thank you, Dave. Um, you and. I have no fucking clue what we're doing next week, but you know, we'll try and make it positive, you know, something yeah. like that. We're going to watch the <laughs> I, uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra live stream, obviously. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, and for anyone who's listening, feel free to send us uh, maybe some suggestions of topics you'd like to like us to cover or albums you'd like us to listen to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and and let us know if you liked having Adam here or having him gone. <laughs> yeah, you have the option. We're cool. You got we're cool having him be uh you know just a desk jockey or whatever He's olivia already let us know that it's much better with adam there yeah that was a quick email huh <laughs> dude i got it in person from her yep this is the at first thing she said to me at your reception she said hey i'm halfway through the episode you guys really need adam to rein you guys in huh i was like good to see you too Hey, this Adam. This is hey Adam. This is no offense to you, but uh, I don't think you can rein us in. No, no. I don't think I can either. <laughs> I didn't think that was my job. This is, yeah, yeah. I think Adam's uh, the timbre of his voice is kind of like a dog whistle for us. I hear that low rumble, and I'm like, oh, I need to chill out. I need to just really rein it in. You need to try to be more like NPR. Try to be more, you know, <laughs> yeah, non-threatening. <laughs> There's a, a, a faceless YouTuber by the name of Corpse, and if, if no one's heard Corpse's voice, just go to YouTube and type in Corpse Husband and listen to, to that, and you'll, you'll get it. You'll understand, of, like, this is, this, Adam, you have that kind of voice. You could be a successful, faceless YouTuber with that kind of wow, voice. Wow, did you just dox Adam as Corpse? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> um, see you guys next week. <laughs> Yeah, That's yeah. That's why they call him fart ass. <laughs> oh, don't do it. Don't get me started on fart ass. <laughs> yeah, okay, so thanks everybody for listening. If you if you want to uh, if you want to, you know, continue uh, seeing what we do, you can follow us on social media platforms. If you haven't subscribed to us on your favorite uh, podcast app, subscribe to us there, follow us on Spotify. Uh, if you want to follow Jackson on his new Instagram, it's fart ass at fart ass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
a thousand percent. That is his new Instagram handle. So thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, fuck off. Get me a fart ass. <laughs> <laughs>